Welcome back to the Office Marketing Podcast with Mike Swigert, the podcast all about sales tips, mindset, and value bombs. Five questions to help make your day more productive and learn a thing or two. Here is your host, best-selling author, Mike Swigert. Hey, everybody. I am so glad to have my uh, a very, very good friend of mine, Josh Thompson. He's with Site Solutions. He is a landscape uh, designer, a commercial project manager, studied landscape architecture at uh, the greatest uh, college known to man. Uh, yes, that is Auburn University. And um, he is just an all round great guy. He's been in the industry for a while. Actually, his uh, 40th birthday is this Saturday. So an early, well, actually when this airs, you'll already be 40. So uh, this, is, this is your last podcast in your 30s. And uh, I'm so glad to be a part of it. But it, on a very serious note, Josh, thank, thanks for taking time to be with us today. No, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Josh, how uh, did you end up in this uh, crazy world of um, horticulture, landscape, architecture, design, moving earth? I mean, really, how, how did you get here? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say my mom's and my grandmother. And that's, that's grandmothers. Uh, so moms and grandmothers, um, blended family, um, multiple households. And I was always trying to help around the house and help, uh, help everything. And it seems that, uh, both my mom and my stepmom, and then also whenever my grandmothers were in town, uh, babysitting me, they found out very quickly that they could get me to do pretty much anything because I was always willing to help. Um, and they found that, uh, I was a little bit stronger than they were. So I became the guy who did everything from cutting the grass to moving plants, planting, doing things to the, like that. Um, and I, through the years and years, I started to not only enjoy it, but I started enjoying the spaces that we were creating because I spent most of my time outside. And now I'm creating places for the family to gather outside. And they were my places. They weren't the places inside the house. The kitchen wasn't mine, but the outdoor patio, that was mine. All right. I, 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 I got to ask I though, Josh, that. Josh, go back. So I, I rarely interrupt people this early, but I really want to know, go back. What's the very first project you ever remember doing? What's the first like outdoor project you remember doing as a kid? Where I had car blanche. Um, no, no, just whatever. Even if they just had you a wheel in a wheelbarrow that you knocked over, like what's the first memory? What's the first outdoor project memory you have? Oh, I mean, it's absolutely cutting grass. I mean, that's just what we did. We had a snapper rider and I always cut grass. But um, if there was me trying to put some type of finesse on something and go a little above and beyond, um, it would definitely be, you know, around the mailbox area just it was overgrown i lived out in the country um you just go on there's a mailbox overgrown bushes driveway houseway back there and there came a time where i was like maybe this maybe we can announce this house a little bit better and so you know bought some flowers went to pice with the with my uh, stepmother um she was the one who let me mom my mom always you know, one directed me. This was my grandpa's uh, step uh, stepmother, 
and she uh, she let me go pick out some stuff and just get some flowers, put them out there. I was able to cut some stuff back, and it just, it, you know, now when I'm coming to the house or pull, it just that was kind of the thing, and so I always got to see it. And then I, after I did it, the wicked nature of the beast, I always got to critique it mm. every day. Every I day I say, saw it. I thought you were going to say then you got to maintain it because that's our. <laughs> I was already, yeah, I was already yeah. doing that. Um, and that wasn't, that was no big deal. Um, but I got to see it and I got to critique it every day, drive okay. past it and go. So now, maybe but I now okay. It. So now, you know, you, you like designing it. You like doing team projects. You like seeing the, the, the fruits of your labor, um, literally. And so now you're thinking, I really want to go to school for this. Now, don't get me wrong. Going to Auburn doesn't stink, but like you really wanted to go to school no. to study this. No, I didn't. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. This makes more sense now. Go ahead. No, I didn't. Um, <clears throat> I love, I played soccer uh, religiously. Uh, I played soccer six days a week. Uh, I trained uh, seven days a week. Um, I, anything and everything was soccer for me. Um, so this, all the soccer that I played, if I wasn't playing soccer, I was doing stuff around the house to make the parents happy so then they would let me play soccer. Um, so my father, so I went to go play soccer originally and found out that that probably, I had the heart. I didn't have the other attributes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and, and found out that I was just going to get beat by big people that are bigger, stronger, faster, quicker, all the other things. Um, so then I, in the school that I went to, I looked at the soccer team my father made me go look at the business school. He said, I could talk. He said, I was personable. Um, and he said, we'll just equate that to business and just go to business school, start getting in. You'll start to feel out which directions you want to go. Um, so I went to play soccer. There was a business school that didn't, that wasn't the fit for me. So now it was, well, where, where do I go? And I'm just coming comfortable with Auburn. I grew up going to Auburn. I, I know Auburn. I can walk around. I could walk around it in, in high school. I knew my way around it. My brother had been there. Um, so went to Auburn. And at that point in time, that's when I go, you know what? I like my vernacular. I like flowers. <laughs> yeah. So that turned in well, Auburn's a cow college. They've got to have a horticulture school, right? You know, so went into horticulture there, and that's when I found out that studying wasn't studying for horticulture. Mm. It was it was learning. It was re I had no problem retaining the information for that. It just stuck. I enjoyed it. I could equate it to other things. I could always bounce it off of other stuff. So I had reference points and all this other stuff. I go into English or chemistry and I'm like, uh, cool. but uh, horticulture definitely worked out for me. And it wasn't until the very end of horticulture when I, I started interviewing for landscape companies and um, none of them felt comfortable. None of them felt appropriate. Um, and then a landscape architect came and gave a presentation and he had pretty pictures and pretty, he had pretty spaces nicely designed spaces and once i saw that i went up to my professor 
Dr. Ponder, uh, the head of the department. And I said, uh, very, I love, he was great. I went up to him and I said, Dr. Ponder, that, I like what that guy does. I want to do that. And he said, well, he's a landscape architect. You don't want to do that. That's more school. That's, you're great at what you do. You know all the stuff that we, you're, you got all this. You're going to be great. You're going to interview. You're going to get a great job. You're going to have a great career. You're really good at this. I said, yeah, but that was cool. And he goes, fine. He goes, go over to this building, blah, 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 over here. Go talk to him. So I was, I mean, a month away from graduating and went over there and found out they had a master's program and signed up, got rejected. <laughs> of course. Uh, but luckily someone dropped. Yes. Yeah. Is with everything in my life. Yeah. Um, got rejected, uh, but someone dropped out or someone did whatever the case may be. And so I filled the space and I was actually going to stick around for another uh, year or something and get a minor so that I could then go into the master's program. Um, but halfway through, actually, I was in the business school. I was, over, what is it? Uh, oh gosh, who's? Uh, louder. I was, louder, yeah. yeah. I was in Louder taking an economics class and that's when I got the information. And I was like, I'm not taking this economics class anymore. Economics hard. <laughs> Walked out of Louder. <laughs> you know, oh, I just didn't. I, the louder right. the louder school did not work for me yes so now you're at talk to us a little bit about your your current responsibilities at site solutions what do you do and you know what do you really like most about your current job i like that we do everything um and i like that i'm able to do everything i like the fact that uh um I know that you're biz, uh, bd business development so there is absolutely always that aspect to what i do uh, reaching out, maintaining uh, clients, uh, finding new clients, projects, all that type of stuff. Um, but unlike uh, the previous um, stopgap I had in my career where I was in strictly sales, I'm not just churning and burning. I'm also cultivating. So I will do the sales. I will do the business development. But then I will also do the work. And so I can sell myself. And that's always the easiest thing for me. Yeah. That's easy for me to do because I know I'm not having to put any onus on anybody else. I can be honest and tell people what it is I am and what I will do and what I will have my team do. This episode of the Office Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fusion Advisory. We help commercial contractors generate leads online profitably. Check us out at fusion-advisory.com. Why don't and you then, tell us a little bit about the responsibility? Like what does Site Solutions do when it's on the job? A lot of people don't even understand like where a company like y'all's really impacts the job. A lot of people can go, okay, well, this is what the lighting guy does. This is what drywall does. This is exactly what flooring does. But talk to us, you know, and give us a nickel tour of like when y'all get involved and how you impact projects. That's a great question. Um, and you are correct. There's a lot of confusion around that. Um, when I tell people um, that I'm in landscape, architecture uh, they equate back to my undergraduate which would have been horticulture and landscape mm -hmm. um, so I tend to tell people if I just don't if I want to have a short conversation I'll just say oh I'm an architect and they know that I'm sitting in an office they know I'm working on a computer I'm drawing so that's what I do um, but how do we affect it so the architect they're a champion for the building um, Landscape architects, we're a champion for the person. So we look at the spaces, we look at the human experience, we look at 
um, how they interact with the site. What is that? We don't, we work with the buildings, absolutely. Um, we work with the civil engineer, but the focus of us is to make sure that the individual experience that somebody has when they walk somewhere or drive somewhere, that that, what's tangible? What are they, you know, those spaces, those, those outdoor rooms, the approach, uh, the exit, all of those things, they're catered to an experience for the person. And it's not far away. It's, it's that intimate, those intimate moments. Hmm. I like that. I like that. So this is going to be a tough question because um, whether well, I'm a, let me, let me, no, please let me go, go ahead. on a little bit further. Go ahead. So Avalon, yeah. we did, we did the uh, landscape architecture for Avalon. Everybody talks about the street, the community, uh, the lawn area, um, all of those spaces that create what is Avalon. And that's what we do. We curate those places. We set them up. We, we, we pay attention to where people are going to be sitting, how people are going to be interacting with each other, the sidewalks, all of those aspects. I like that. That's really cool. So let's give a tip to somebody, right? Whether they're doing it in a, you know, a, I don't know, 100 acre space like Avalon in Atlanta. I'm, I'm guessing it's around 100 acres. I might be off by a little. Um, or they're doing their mailbox, right? Let's, let's, when, when we're coming to creating a, uh, something special about a space, what's a quick tip you can give somebody, Josh? I know it's kind of broad because I literally no. did from, you know, a, a hundred square feet to a hundred acres, but just no, you know, what's important for them to be happy. Yeah. Um, when I tell somebody, or if somebody knows that I'm what I do, I've designed every every friend I know. I've I've done something to help them with their with their own yards, from designing a pool courtyard for one friend to helping somebody with the front yard over here. This, that, and the other. Um, and I'll give suggestions. You know, I try not to step on toes. I try not to come over as arrogant and pompous. I try to really help people out with all that. Um, and I have found that the big thing that I see is it's theirs, make it yours, whatever you want it to be. I just want people to be happy in the spaces that they're in. And if it's your space, it's your space. And I can tell, and I can tell somebody all day long that that tile choice is way too busy for what you have going on here. Or I can say that plant right there is going to outgrow its space. You're going to have to keep trimming it back. It's going to become, it's just, it's going to be a, a hassle. It's going to be too much work for you. You really don't want that. If that's what they want, that's what they want. And if they're happy with it, that's what's important. So you mean, wait, hang on a second, Josh. So this uh, variegated Juga and LA Agnes that I have all in front of my house, that's not a good choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the Ajuga, um, I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, the Iliagnus. Yeah, I know it has a bad name. I'm kidding. We don't have any. I just, it's, I know that's a horrible, horrible plant. I heard that um, the Iliagnus is job security for uh, landscape maintenance companies, is what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's move uh, on. All right. So, so um, great tip. Make it your own, own it. I think it's fantastic. Just be happy because people always look for, well, I know it could, if you're happy with it, that's. I'm, I'm good with it. That's great. That's great. All right. So um, let's get into you, Josh. What's something everybody doesn't know about you? Um, I give off the, 
going through soccer and then and also going into sales, um, I was I was made abruptly aware of how people perceived me. Um, in soccer, I never spoke, and but I stood up straight, and that was all. And I found out that that was perceived as arrogance. Mm. Um, it wasn't at all. I was always scared. I didn't want to lose. I never wanted to lose. I was. I had to be perfect at every moment. So I was quiet and I would think and I would listen and I just stood up straight because my father told me to. Um, then going into sales, I was cognizant of that. And so I always try to break down and humanize myself around people. Um, so I think people always perceive me as arrogant and I don't believe I th- I don't think that could be further from the truth. Yeah, you know what, Josh? That's one. That's the reason why we've been we've been friends for years. It's I kind of like you're a little arrogant. Don't tell me this now. No, I'm just- oh, no. Listen, I'll I'll play it up. I will absolutely play I love it, up. it. And believe me, I know I can serve it. I love no, no. no it, and you know what? Arrogance is such a um. I don't know. The word is so gauche. Like it's just sort of maybe it's just um solid confidence. You know, I do I do like that. You know, I always like to have friends that um, if we were in a tribe together 3,000 years ago, our tribe was going to win. And those are the guys I like to hang out with, right? I mean, I, oh, I, 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 tend to, I tend to gravitate to guys like you. And I think if you and I were hunting for the tribe, our tribe would be pretty fat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'd be Here good. you go. Here's one. I know you'll enjoy this one. I really enjoy working out. Oh, and really? I enjoy working out okay. for the health benefits. Yeah. But I think more so I enjoy it for the mental aspect of it. Uh, just like with you, I know you love doing it. You love pushing yourself. You love, you love challenges. And I think mm-hmm. I do too. Well, you know, I mean, obviously you and I are totally in line. We met, I think it was right about, uh, was it, was it right before or after I did that Ironman last year? Uh, it was before. Uh, was it right? It was it before. Was okay. I remember because once you started saying you were doing Ironman, I was actually going, why would anybody want to do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if it was my first Ironman, it would have been much more stressful. But being my third during uh, the shutdowns, it just gave me it centered me so much. And um, I don't know why, but, you know, something about getting on a bike for 80 hours on a Saturday morning kind of made me not really worried about much else going on in the world. Kind of cool. It clears clears your mind. It allows you to focus. Um, You're working hard, which if I'm working, I'm happy. I don't like sitting. Um, and you know, that there's this goal that you can attain and you can attain it just through hard work. Nothing's going to stop you. And I, I, I love that aspect of, of working out or training or anything like that. You say, I have a goal. The only, there are no outside, nothing can get in the way of it. I just have to work hard and absolutely I can do that. Cool. Cool. All right. Is there a book that you can share with us? Anything from a, uh, maybe a favorite landscape book or something that helps center you? What do you got? Uh, no, actually, uh, there's one book in particular, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Blink. I, I absolutely was fascinated by that book. I could read it a hundred times over. Um, the, the idea of how people perceive things, and that goes back to me understanding myself um, and how rightly or wrongly you're always perceived in one way or the other. I, I really enjoyed that. I tell you what, Mac and Gladwell would be a dream guest for me. Like oh, he's, he just he's in my, he's in my dream 100 because I'm, I, 
I just have a huge man crush on Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. Like if you're, if you're not reading or listening to Malcolm Gladwell, you're missing out. So anybody listening, um, Absolutely. my first, my first, did you do outliers? Did you listen? To I haven't, I, it, it, I've started re reading other stuff, but I read blink a long, long, long time ago. Um, I actually borrowed it from somebody. Cool. Cool. Well, I tell you what, um, outliers, and I know we're both dads and, um, it really helped me understand so much as a dad outliers did, you know, it just kind of said, you know, outliers talks, you know, it talks a lot about, you know, do, you know, 10,000 things to be an expert at anything. And, but he also kind of said it, but he also puts the layers and layers behind it of, you know, why are hockey players from Canada born in January better than hockey players born in December? You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, well, the age cutoff was January one. So you were, you saw a lot of these old 10 year olds were, 11 months younger than their, you know, there's things I love, I love those getting deeper into the whys and uh, it's super powerful. Um, finish me up, uh, Josh, give me a good piece of advice that either you like, you, you, you've really enjoyed getting, or you'd like to share. Um, <clears throat> I'll go with two of them. Um, one that I think that affected me in, in its, its simplicity, but, um, when I turned 16, uh, uh, my father saw me hunching. And he told me to stand up straight and I could see on his face. He was, it was a moment where he was very proud of me. I was 16. He just bought me a car. Um, actually I was still 50. I turned 15. He got me the car so I could learn to drive it and everything. Um, so it was actually 15. Um, but I was hunching and, um, he was very upset with that because he, he wanted, I don't know what he wanted. Um, but he didn't see it physically in me. Um, and so that's always affected you know, the visual aspect and not standing up straight. Um, the other one, and I, I, it's a very long one, long drawn out one, but it would be um, uh, Winston Churchill. And it was something to the effect of the best speech he ever gave was in the car on the way home or back to his apartment. Um, so always reflecting on what you do and you're always, just like I said, when I, um, I did my first, uh, you know, the first landscape around my mailbox. I did it. And then I just analyzed it and analyzed it. And I always saw what was wrong with it. And I, after I did it, I could have done it better the very next day. I love it. And, and just that, that understanding and just that drive to continually do better. Well, good. If, uh, if people wanted to talk landscape architecture and they wanted to pick Absolutely. your brain, they wanted you to come design uh, pick a tile, a really flashy tile for their pool tile and do it for free. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? That's your buddy. That's your buddy rates. No, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and get in touch with Josh and Site Solutions, how would they do it? You could literally just go to Site Solutions, uh, Google it. Uh, there are a couple of companies called Site Solutions, but if you do Site Solutions Atlanta and just where Site Solutions Landscape Architecture, will pop up and you can absolutely find me there. Okay. Well, I'll, you know what? I'll do one you better and we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes. And then um, also on LinkedIn, you're down as Joshua Thompson Site Solutions. I think it's another, we'll put your LinkedIn uh, link on there too. Okay. But but seriously, Josh, thank you for taking the time today and you're a, a, a dear friend and thanks for sharing your story. Thank you, sir. War Eagle. War Eagle.
Thanks for listening to the Office Marketing Podcast. Be sure to join the conversation on our YouTube channel, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.